This morning, I want to talk to us about thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. From the scripture that we read, the disciples asked Jesus Christ and said, hey, teach us how to pray. And Jesus Christ, in his wisdom, remember, Jesus is the wisdom of God enveloped. It's the everything about God's wisdom, right? In his wisdom, told them, when you want to pray, pray in this manner. The, for, the opening scripture there, the opening part there, reverence who God is, testified of who God is, and then went to the next thing, that kingdom come. It's so important to God that God put thy kingdom come before mercy. He put thy kingdom come before grace. In fact, the latter part of when Jesus Christ was closing that scripture, that prayers, his own declaration or confession as we, as we declare in church, what does he say? For yours is the kingdom. Twice within a short period. Then, if Jesus is repeating something twice within a short period, there's something to pay attention to. It's something that all of us, that means it's something that's in the heart of God. Now the question is, what does it really mean, that kingdom come? Or what is this kingdom that we're talking about? Somebody will sit down and think that the kingdom of God is heaven. Somebody will sit down and think that the kingdom of God is this world. Is it really? I want to quickly open our eyes to understand what the kingdom of God is. And then we'll see our own parts in this kingdom. So that when Jesus Christ was praying that prayers, he was praying from the position of, God, your kingdom that's about to come, these people have to enforce it. Are you with me, church? Now, in Genesis chapter 1, scriptures makes us realize that in the beginning, God did what? Oh, come on. Quote for me rightly. Scriptures. Oh, my God. They've given it to you. So, God created the heavens and the earth. So, if you think that the heaven and the earth is God's kingdom, you are limiting who God is. Because that means you are limiting God per time. That means God had been before the heavens and the earth was created. Because he must have existed before he created. Right? Heaven and earth cannot limit God. They are God's kingdom. Everything belongs unto God. Everything is God. Everything, when we say heaven and earth is God's kingdom, it is not. It is, it is a subset of where God's kingdom is. So what is God's kingdom? Everything that is and that is not is God's kingdom. That's why he was able to call those things that were not in place to call them forth. Because even what does not exist is part of God's kingdom. What is it that you want from God? Even if it does not exist, it is part of God's kingdom. He has it. That's how powerful and how great and how big this God. So when Jesus Christ started and said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, O Lord my God. He's talking about something big. Someone will say, oh, but that scripture says, who art in heaven? Yes, because the Bible says the earth, the heaven is the, is the Lord's throne and the earth is his full throne. So it doesn't mean that God is contained in that little heaven. It's because God's throne is actually in heaven, seated. Are you with me, church? So that's very important. It wasn't only just important there. When Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3, he came to Jesus that I haven't read all these things that I've seen in the scriptures. You can only be a man from God. What can I do to have eternal life? What was the response? Except you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. It shows to you and I 
that this thing that we call the kingdom of God is very crucial. The essence of our salvation, the essence of our being born again is actually so that you and I can actually see the kingdom of God. Partake of the kingdom of God. So when Jesus Christ was making that prayer that, hey, Lord, let your kingdom come. It is saying, and tying up with this one, it's saying that you that you are born again, may you be able to have this kingdom or make this kingdom to be. Number one thing that I want us to realize is that all things, all things that were made or that was not made still belongs to God. Everyone is God's throne, Isaiah chapter 66, verse 1. For thus said the Lord, the heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that you build for me and where is the place of my rest? Nehemiah, verse, I'm rushing these bits. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, you alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth and all that's on it, the seas and all that's in them. You give life, life to everything, and the multitude of heaven worships you. Everything belongs to God. Everything must yield to God. Everything is about God, and it's for God. However, somebody say, however. However. Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, project this one. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who, the, who deceives the whole world. He was cast out to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So, and I need to get this. Everything is God. Everywhere and everything is of God's kingdom. But at some point, Satan and his cohorts, they rebelled against God. And God casted them to this world. At that point, this world became the kingdom of Satan. Satan started ruling in this place. Are you with me? Satan started ruling in this world. That was why in Genesis chapter 1, you see that the whole earth was what? Without form and void. Because anywhere that Satan is dwelling is always without form and void. And you me, it's always without form and void before the spirit of the Lord came. Now, in the, first, in the creation of man, all these are still part of my introduction, in the creation of man, what was God's commandment to man? That, A, this man that we are creating must do what? You should dominate everything that's on earth. Right? Everything that's on earth. The natural man was created to dominate everything on earth. But Satan, in his wisdom and his foolishness, deceived man. Meanwhile, when that was happening, God had already known before the foundation of the world this was going to happen. So don't think that God made a mistake. He did not make a mistake. He had always known that was going to happen. And as such, he has already had Jesus ready as a propitiation for our sin. Are you with me? That that's going to be fulfilled at some point. Now, Satan came and deceived man, and the dominion that man had to have was given back to Satan. So when man came, if man had fulfilled God's, dom God's dominion over Satan, guess what would have happened? It would have still been the kingdom of God, everything. Are you with me? But man lost it. Fast forward, years later when Jesus Christ came, his coming was to restore that same kingdom 
back to God. So when he was praying that thy kingdom come, it is a kingdom that of where? Which kingdom is being restored? This earth. Who is the ruler of this earth? That is why you realize that it appears that people that are not born again, things appear to work for them. Because, yeah, they are part of the kingdom of, you know, things work for them. Are you with me? Because Jesus Christ was, when Jesus Christ, the Bible says he came to his own, his own did not even receive him. So, when he came to this world, Jesus' coming was to restore that kingdom. So, when he was praying that, oh God, let your kingdom come. That's what he's praying about. That the same way that your will is being done in heaven, let it also be done on earth. The question is, who is meant to make that happen? It is you and I. And that's where we're going to this morning. And then seeing uh, our part in it. Uh, so, let me quickly rephrase. So, Satan was cast into this world. We read that from Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. Then, the kingdom of man came when God gave man the dominion over Satan. But, hey, come to you, think about it. In Genesis chapter 3, we lost it. And then this whole world became the kingdom of Satan. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. If you give me NIV or any other scripture, it says, NLT says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded their minds. So Satan is the God of this world. That's why wealth is for the unbelievers. It's with the unbelievers. That's why Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says, it's God that gives you power to go and get the wealth. You don't know that. Except God gives you power to do it, there are so many things that you cannot do. Anyway, and then came the church, you and I, and the manifestations of God's sons. So when, when Romans chapter 8 was now saying that this whole world is awaiting our own manifestation, is awaiting those of us who are meant to go ahead and restore the kingdom. In Acts chapter 1, after Jesus Christ was risen, right? And he appeared to the disciples. What was the question that the disciples asked him? Will you at this time restore Jerusalem? Because they were thinking that Jesus Christ came as a political figure to restore Jerusalem back to the Romans, uh, to restore Jerusalem from the hands of the Romans. I hope, I hope you are following me. Jesus Christ responds to them. He says, it's not for you to know when God will restore the kingdom. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power. Right? Power to be witnesses of to me. Now, I will use this example as this. When Neil Armstrong first got to the moon, Neil Armstrong is the first person that went to the moon. What was the first thing that he did when he got to the moon? He put the flag of the United States there as a witness that the United States has gone to this place. Listen, church, thy kingdom come is the deepest desire of God that his kingdom be established there on earth, right? Everywhere you get to as his witness, you are meant to put his flag there. So, in your home, the flag of Jesus is meant to be put there, that kingdom come in this house. On your street, the flag of Jesus is meant to be there, that kingdom come on this street. 
in your workplaces that kingdom come in this workplace. Everywhere that you get to as a child of God, you are meant to be his witness. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says that we will be his witness, first of all, in Jerusalem, in your own city where he has given to you. You know, at times we sit down and we want, to, we want God to take us to the uttermost end of the world. We want to have, we have this desire and this dream that, oh, if I become that. It doesn't work like that in faith. You have to first be a witness where you are. You have to first fly the banner of Christ where you are. Right? The reason why some of us are not moving to the next is because where we are, we have not conquered. Are you with me? The flag of Jesus has to be installed. If you have been ashamed of that, your little role of talking about Jesus Christ in that, your little position, how will you talk about Jesus Christ in your big position? If you cannot be faithful with little money that you are earning, how much more when you become a millionaire and you realize your tax monthly is 100,000? <laughs> is the reality of it? How can you? So there's no point dreaming and thinking about Judea and Jerusalem if locally, if in the little that God has placed you today, you have done nothing about it. As a single lady, as a single guy, is Jesus' flag flying? Or, or, or when I get married, is a lie. When you get married, you'll be worse. Oh, God, I want a child. Hey, before you have that child, is Jesus' flag flying? Is Jesus flying in your home? That is what it means to be a witness. It's not just about preaching. This is the last commandment that Jesus Christ gave to his people. Be my witness. Everywhere you get to, let the world there know that I've come here. Just think about Neil Armstrong. Till today, when we see that flag, when we see that picture, we see new what happened because, because it was a competition between U.S. and U.S.R. at that time. If you don't, U.S.R. was Russia. U.S.R. was the first one to have somebody orbit the moon, Yuri Gagarin. And then immediately they got to, to the moon, like this is land, their flag there. Boom, we were the first. <laughs> so I would still to date believe that it is... Um, it's exactly, but I don't care about what they believe. What I believe today is that at least the flag is flying. Will you say the same thing about yourself? Is the flag of Jesus flying? So what does this mean to us as Christians indeed? What does it mean to us? Psalm 22, verse 8. Uh, sorry, Psalm 22, verse 28. It says, For the kingdom is the Lord's and a rule over the nations. Psalm Luke chapter 19, verse 13. Talking about the parable of the servants. It says, So he caught ten of his servants and delivered unto them ten miners and said unto them, Do business till I come. King James says, Occupy till I come. See, church, when USA, when USA went to Iraq, they call it the occupation of Iraq. Isn't it? What you and I are meant to be doing, I'm talking about great life connections now. I don't know about church. 
Everywhere we get, we must feel it. Your presence has to be known from today. You occupy every... When you get to that workplace, you occupy it because it's your domain. You are meant to be the king, a small king to the big king, right? And a king has a domain. Every king, for you to have a kingdom, there was a king and a domain. So without a domain, you are not a king. You are just somebody. Are you with me? So everywhere you get to, the Bible says that you must occupy. You must fill that place. You must make your presence known. That other translation says you must do business. In fact, the Greek word, the Greek word with occupy actually means to carry on business, to trade, to make your presence felt, to exchange, to make sure that you are not on the losing end. Another meaning, still within the Greek transition, it says to carry on the business, to carry on the business as of a banker or a trader. You can never fail with God. Remember, when Jesus Christ was going to tell us this story, uh, this instruction, when he was going to give us this instruction, he gave us a parable. What was the parable? The parable of ten, yeah? The parable of talents, Yeah? The one that did not trade with his talent, that did not do anything with his talent, came back with the same thing, isn't it, as it was given, right? But everyone that traded, that did something with what God has given them to, guess what? They were in profits. Did you catch that at all? Honestly, if you choose to make the flag of Jesus flying in anything that you do, you cannot run a loss. That's what that scripture is talking about. The only person that was at a loss was the one that sat on it. You need to bring every of you and put all of you on the table wherever it is that you get to. You cannot get married and be doing half and half. You just have to be fully in it. You cannot be doing business and be doing half and half. You have to occupy. You have to allow Jesus to be fully in it. And God will perfect it in Jesus' mighty name. What do I need to do? Number one is that, please, church, this is the biggest part of it. Be kingdom-minded. Where is the kingdom of God again, church? Where is the kingdom of God? Sorry? Uh If you say everywhere, you are the only one listening. So that's what should be on your mind. Not limited to your little world. Everywhere. The globe, this world, is minute to the kingdom that God is placing in your hand. The kingdom of God is everywhere. So you must be that minded that, hey, God can do anything. God can make anything happen for you. You need to change that mentality of losing. Because you cannot lose. Listen, who are the people I'm talking to? Great Life Connections. I don't know about what any other person says out there. But for you, and I'm speaking to Great Life Connections in the name of Jesus, if you choose to put the things that God has blessed you with, if you choose to flag the fly of Jesus in accordance to his words, you cannot run at a loss. Since I will give my angels charge over you. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it up. 
you cannot lose out when you do things of God. So you must be kingdom-minded. Know what Jesus Christ is speaking further in Matthew chapter 6. Said, seek me and the kingdom. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And every other thing is added unto you. What he's saying is that keep the kingdom flag flying. Let the old world know that you're a Christian. Don't do dodgy dodgy. When you're at work, don't do dodgy dodgy. Stand out. You cannot fail. That's what he's telling you. Listen, let me tell you. Let me give you an insight. There's coming a time that the days of Daniel will be repeated. When the people that will be needed and the people that matters the most. See, every time the world is in trouble, they run to, for the Christians. Or they run to the Christians. To those who knows God. Daniel was in exile when the book of Daniel was being rolled out. And when you look at verse 9, verse 7 to verse 9 in chapter 1, you realize that the characteristics of what they were looking for were just the characteristics of Christians. You must stand out. Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. The Bible says, It went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every diseases and every affliction among people. It was pro- the reason why all those things were happening was because Jesus was proclaiming the kingdom. Things will happen for you when you proclaim the kingdom of God. Am I communicating with somebody this morning? When you proclaim it, listen, we must leave this place with a flag in our hand. Stormzy yesterday was headlining Glastonbury and it was flying the banner of the United Kingdom. It was wearing the bullets, bulletproof vests with the Union Jack on it. I was talking about this issue about gun crime and uh, knife crime and all these things. He's flying that flag. How much more you? If he knows what to do, you see, you see Beyonce in Coachella flying the flag or whatever she believes in. How much more you? How much more you? Whose flag do you fly? In fact, you, at times we only fly that flag on Sunday morning. <laughs> only at 11 o'clock on Sunday. And by one, we pack it back. Will you fly that flag? Tap your neighbor. If I bring shirt, I'm not just talking about, oh, in the, in the, in the fiscal now. If I bring shirt, now I love Jesus. I can bet you, you won't buy it. Baba, produce shirt for next week. <laughs> you be like, oh, pastor, it's so, 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 so. Uh, well, it's true. It's buying away. <laughs> Someone say mercy. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that we see are, we see are transient. They are temporal. Let not your life be defined by the things that you see around you. Let your life be seen. Listen, listen to what I said. I hope you got that. When I said the things that are seen and the things that are not seen is part of the kingdom of God. Are you with me? So when you are saying God, when Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has finished that prayer for us. Let your kingdom come. That means even in the things that are not seen, it can come to this world. So how dare you now limit the ability of God based on the things that you can see? <coughs> Some of us, the extent to which we move further is only by the things that we've been through. 
That's why you cannot do anything without looking backward. Oh, when I was Israel, they were in prison. They were in the, they were in the land of slavery. And the masters were giving them tokens. Right? When they were suffering, they cried unto God. Exodus 3. Bible ministers realized that God heard their prayer and sent somebody to them. The same way that God is sending me to you this morning. But when they left, any little challenge, they could not see the hand of God. Any little challenge, guess what they were doing? Oh, ah, we used to have water in Egypt. The most is, why do you bring us to this place? They could not see the hand of God. This same God that wiped out the armies of the greatest nation on earth, at an instant, they forgot. May you never forget God. Number two thing, as a church, church, number two thing that we must, sorry, are we, there's a slide of thing going on. Okay, good. So please, if you have any question, I will take it. Number two thing is that you must start to walk in the reality of the kingdom. And I love it every time Pastor Dage is leading prayers or doing anything. You know, he's always, he's always making those prophetic declarations. Oh, you start walking in the reality. At uh, times I'm wondering, are we really listening? Or are we just saying amen for that time and that's it? Let me tell you what a prophet does. A prophet is represented by this figure. Yeah, it's a figure of instruction. When a prophet points you that direction, you better follow it. When the word is spoken, you take that word and you go with it. One day I will speak about making the word active. So start making our work in the, in the kingdom a reality. Make it your new reality. It's as real as your name. Do I get an amen? It's as real as what? Make it a reality. Work in it. If God says it, then it has to be it. If the law says it, it has to be it. Ignorance is not an excuse before the law. So if God has spoken, work in it. When, when Israel left, and after when they left Egypt, and God has wiped all of them out, all these doubters, may God not wipe us out in Jesus' mighty name. Because we are not doubters, we are believers in the name of Jesus. And after he had called Joseph, Joshua, he realized that all these people are not even able to obtain. You know why? You know what has happened? Because while God was building this new generation up, they had mixed up with the old one. Right? And so there may be some experience that way they were told. So God, in Joshua chapter 2, had to get them to circumcise them all the, entirely, right? To go back to the way things were before. While their own circumcision was in the flesh, Bible says our own is our hearts. Do you know why? Because Bible says out of your heart flows all the issues of life. What you believe and you don't believe is a function of your heart, right? And you have to consciously circumcise your heart. How do you circumcise your heart? By the word of God. You need to peel all those doubts inside, all those adding nature of your heart. You need to peel them off so that you can believe. 
Because there are so many instructions God is going to give to you going ahead. There's so many things that will come to you as just a thought. Can I co-plant? You know can I co-plant? It's one of the, well, virtually the richest of them all. Right? And it's easy for somebody to think, you know, I was watching a documentary recently, or not a documentary, a video recently on, on social media, when a girl came questioning his wealth. Right? See, people only know what, you only see you where you are today. They don't know what you've been through. Right? When that man, out of nothing, God just instructed him to sell his car and buy a Bible. Right? Sold his car and buy a Bible. Then he said, he was reading, 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 you know, getting to know God, getting to know God. And one day, he was driving, so he sold his car, bought a Bible, and then later he bought like a Volkswagen B2. I was driving one day, and God showed him a land that was swampy, and God told him to buy that land. Right? That was where he got his money from. Because in that land was oil. And you know the way the law works in the United States, whatever you find in your land is yours. <laughs> a lot of people don't know that side of the story. They also realize that, oh, this man is riding in private jets, doing all those things. Listen, that man had followed God. That man had learned to listen to the instructions of God. There's so many things that God wants to open to us. Church, but all that we're thinking is, we first question, divided by how. And that how just limits God into your reasoning. At times you need to go all the way. What else do you need to get to start to do? Listen, church, strategically, start to prepare to take and to tread your city. Whatever it is that God is taking you to, you start preparation now. He called Joshua and said, get the people ready because in three days we're going to cross Jordan. Listen, concerning you, you're about to cross over to the other side. You are about to cross to that place of destiny where your lives will never remain the same again. You are about to get to that place of promise, but you yourself need to pray, you need to prepare. You need to prepare. <laughs> Somebody say prepare. Poor preparation breeds. <laughs> Proper preparation. Pre pre mm -hmm. But Lord, how do I know where I'm meant to be? Why not do a gap analysis of your life? Why not sit down and think about it that, like God, where do I want to be in five years? That's where you want to be, isn't it? Why not ask God, where do you want me to be in five years? And then look at where you are today. And then look at what you need to do to get there. All this, I'm not saying that you use your head. You use your head, but you must apply your heart in God. If not, you'll be setting goals for yourself. Goals are not always fulfilled. Should I prove that to you? Should I prove that to you? Think about the goals that you set five years ago. Yeah, because you set them in the flesh. And unfortunately, you keep repeating those goals every year. Because they were all your own goals. Why not throw them in the bin and ask God, God, what do you want me to do in the next five years? Where do you want me to be in the next five years? There are people here, listen, five years ago, God wanted you to be a pastor in the next five years. You are still seated, doing all straight. By this time, you should be a teacher of the word. 
Now, I'm closing with this. You know, to some of us, we are fully prepared, but we must also learn to occupy where God has brought us to. Are you with me? Brosdage, you are married. You are raising a family. It's time you start to occupy your role in that family. Are you with me? Every one of us, there are things and there are places that God has brought us to that we now need to consciously occupy. And I will tell you what I mean by that. Because God has promised you something, or because God has brought you to the promised land, does not mean that you won't have to fight. Is that okay? I said I don't like fighting. I don't like fighting in the past. I like fighting in the future. They are two different things. Right? And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Don't worry about that, please. <laughs> Everything that God will create, he has already created, even your husband. Somebody might be dating him. <laughs> and I'll be enjoying that date. <laughs> or your wife. Hmm? Everything that God will create, he has already created. God promised Abraham the promised land years before that was bringing his children to that place. But guess what? They were inhabitants of that land. You need to get rid of them. When we call for prayers, you better show up. <laughs> you better make declarations, make, enforce the things that God has promised you by getting rid of the inhabitants of your land. The Bible says we should not be ignorant of the devices of the evil one. At times, there's no gentle prayer in this matter. It's not a matter of please go. <laughs> somebody is married, and the heart of your husband is towards somebody else. And you are fighting the man. You see, you're not serious. <laughs> Where Bible says you rest not against flesh and blood. So, those are the prayers of possessing. When a land that if care is not taken, the God of this world is who? And you allow the system of this world to shape on the life of your children. And you're wondering why the child is coming out the way it's coming out. No, 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 no. You are meant to occupy that land. You define what happens to your child. And that's why as a church, God is bringing us to a place of governance. I was going to share this today. But I've brought come to this place that I'm going to share it. God has brought us to a place of governance. And I'm hoping to meet up with everyone who works in government. Anyone who is politically minded. Anyone who might be the legal profession. You know why? Because the kingdom of God has to come. When we don't get involved, they will tell us what to do. And you don't have a choice but to live in that system. Reverend John was saying yesterday, you are limited by the system you're operating. Right? So I believe that there are people in this place, we'll talk about it very well. If you're not in that group, don't worry. And I want us to take two prayers this morning. Is that okay, church? Two prayers this morning. Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Revelation chapter 22, verse 14. Look at what it says. It says, blessed are those who do his commandments. Why? They will have the right to the tree of life 
and may enter the gates into the city. There are cities that you are meant to occupy, but there are two conditions. Number one, you must be willing to do God's commandments and keep his flag flying. Is that okay? Number two is that your name even written in the Lamb Book of Life. So for you to even say that, oh, you are possessing your city, you are occupying your city, are you born again? Without that, though, if you are not born again, you are not even in this category. All right? But the second one is that you must be willing to do the will of God. And what it means is that you must be able to say, God, you know, in time past, you allowed God to be in one area of your life and not this area. But this time around, you want God to take the totality of you. So if you don't mind, bow down your head, everyone. And all of us, let's just talk to God. Let all of us give our life to Jesus again. Is that okay? Please, everyone, why not cry to God and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Today, I yield again unto you. I will do your will. Your kingdom, I will be a proponent of your kingdom. I will live in accordance with your word. I will do that which pleases you. Lord, help me, O oh God, to be your child indeed. Help me to walk according to your counsel. Help me to walk according to your will per time. Go ahead and talk to God this morning. Go ahead and talk to God this morning. Talk to God this morning. Go ahead and talk to God this morning. Please talk to God. Talk to God so that I can enter into your city. In Jesus' mighty name, pray it. The second prayers, so all of us are born again, and we have the right to enter into the city, right? So the second prayer is very important. Um, Joshua chapter 4, verse 9 to 11. Joshua chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, I'll read. Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of Jordan until everything the Lord had commanded Joshua was done by the people, just as Moses had directed. The people hurried over, and as soon as all of them had crossed the ark of the Lord, and the priests came to the other side while the people were watching. So, every city always have a gate. Listen to this one very well. Every city has a gate. At times, such gates are man-made. At times, they exist in the natural. The gate to Canaan for them was Jordan. Are you with me? But the minute the ark of God stepped into Jordan, Jordan opened up. Are you with me, church? And you're going to rise up on your feet. And you're going to pray like never before. That God opened the gate of my city to me. Listen, 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 listen. Your city is different from my city. Your city is that place that you want God to take you into. That's, your city is where you want God to take you into. That place that you want to get to next. I want to pray that, Father, open the gate of this place unto me. Open the gate of business unto me. The gate of this land, open it to me. The gate of my workplace, open it to me. The gate of my husband's heart, open it to me. Open it to me, O God. Go ahead and talk to God. Open it so that you can enter into this city. In the name of Jesus, create an opening for me. In this career, create an opening for me. In this field, Lord, create an opening for me. This place that appears to be like Jericho, Lord, create an opening for me. Create an opening for me into the city. Create an opening for me to the city. Create an opening for me to the city. Go ahead and talk to God. 
Come on, I can't hear your prayers. Come on, pray. Lord, open that gate unto us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We exalt you, God. Father, I stand, O oh God, this day as a servant. Come on, let us lift, just lift our hand as if we want to receive something from God. I stand this day, O oh God, as a servant. And I uphold your ark in every Jordan, separating your people and their destiny. And I speak concerning every person in this place that may that gate be opened unto you. Amen. May that opportunity come newly. Amen. May that resistance fall. Amen. May that resistance fall. Amen. May that challenge come to nothing. Amen. May that opposition fail. Amen. Everything that is standing between you and your place in destiny, I decree this day that they fall down. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That government that is standing against you, that proclamation from the pit of hell that is standing against you, I command it to fall. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Jericho was was another gate. But God made Jericho vulnerable through Rahab. I pray that for every wall, may there be a vulnerability concerning you. Yeah. Bible says, lift up your gates. Lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up ye everlasting door. I speak concerning you, and I make a declaration in that accordance to that word, that every gate be lifted up. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. That you will go in freely, you will go in as you desire. Amen. You will take the land. Amen. You will occupy it. Amen. And the kingdom of God shall be established. Amen. Thank you, Almighty Father. You, we exalt your mighty name. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. It. Amen. Amen. You can have your seat wonderfully. Sorry, before the class comes, you can have your seat wonderfully. So three questions came up on the slide. Can you project them? Three questions came up. Number one says, how do I express and proclaim the kingdom of God in a toxic home. We've just spoken about it. It is not for you to fight your partner, but more, it is more for you to enforce the place of God. How do you enforce the place of God? Prayers. Listen, I've said it before in time past. Prayer is a conversion of spiritual into physical. Right? What has been written concerning your home were written in the spiritual. Right? What was written concerning the Proverbs 31 woman was in the spiritual. Every promise in the Bible were in the spiritual. The only conversion process is prayers. Are you with me? And because 
you are a child of God. Remember that revelations that we read? Because you are born again and you've chosen to fulfill and to uphold the, the banner of God in your home, then you can enter into that city and make such proclamations. Bible says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Right? So your home is blessed. It's not toxic. Before God, it's not toxic. Right? In the physical, it might appear so, but in the spiritual, before God is a perfect home. Right? But for it to manifest in the, in the physical, honestly, you, everybody needs prayers. The job that God has blessed you with is perfect. Everybody is meant to love you until the time appointed when you are meant to leave the place. And if you don't want to leave the place, God will raise opposition. Right? But if it's not time, you are meant to be enjoying it. So if there's an opposition, guess what? It's prayers. Never forget that. Is that okay, church? Never forget that. God loves you more than you think. He wants you to have the best of life. So when it's not like that, remember Christ has paid the price. So it's prayers. You fire that person in prayers. I'm not saying you should fire your husband, but fire the spirit behind your husband. Then the second one is, can I have a session on gap analysis? Be very well to do or to assist as much as. Can we have practical ways to fight for the future? Yes, practical ways to fight for the future. You're going to have that a lot of time. Just come for prayers and Bible study. I'm actually serious on that. I'm actually serious on that. Right? Come for prayers and Bible study because that is the direction of prayers in church now. Right? For the future. So that we always say, pray so that you don't have to pray.